All right, welcome sports fans into uh, another edition of the TMG podcast. This is Chris Dufresne of TMG, joined weekly as usual on the uh, Skype hotline by Herb Gould, uh, Tony Barnhart, and uh, and Mark Blouchin, the Jersey guy that we're all hooked up and ready to go, uh, tr- trying to keep the background noise to a minimum, children, uh, pencils on desks. Uh, before we get going, it, we will, of course, like to thank our Sponsor, APA, APBAGames.com, the unchallenged king of quality sports strategy games in baseball, football, and a lot of other sports. I'm very excited. I received my APA APA baseball game this week. Um, I know, Jersey guy, that you were on a podcast this week. You were an original member, I think, a charter member of the the 1951 club or or something like that. (laughs) 61. <laughs> oh, 61. Okay, well, that was, uh, uh, but uh, you actually, you were telling me the other day that you played a game, uh, I'm excited about, uh, you know, getting into this box and and, uh, and, and playing a game, but you played a game, a simulated I, I game? I played three games. I, 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 play, I started playing last year's uh, uh, Major League Club, the playoffs, and I played the two wild card games in, 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 the, in the National League. Uh, I mean, American League, and, and, and you know, uh, that, that turned out just the way, you know, the Yankee, Yankees beat the Twins and, and the, and the uh, Diamond, and the, the Rock, uh, Diamondbacks beat the Rockies. And then I just played uh, the first game of the, of the series between the Yankees and the Indians, and it was a great game with the Indians winning 4-3 to three in, the, in the bottom of the ninth inning on a two-out two uh, base hit. So it was everything going according to form, so it's been fun. So really, nothing's changed since 1960. You're by yourself in a in a in a room playing a, a board game. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's great and exciting. Let's get to this week's action. It's it's a weird week in college football. A lot of goofy games um, and matchups. We'll get to in a little bit. But the the big story this week, um, and I guess we're, I'm I'm tired of talking about it. So maybe we'll just. We'll talk about it and, and move on. But uh, Urban Meyer, the return of Urban Meyer, <laughs> back to his desk, um, uh, and uh, you know he can't do anything without controversy. And it seems like the more he talks, the worse it gets. Uh, Herb, why don't you uh, why don't you uh, start us off on uh, on the return of Urban Meyer, what it means to the world, uh, to the to the Big Ten, and to Ohio State. Well, you know, I, I think the one lesson we're getting from this week is that. You can bring him back, but you still have this controversy sort of swirling around. I mean, it, people can be led only so far, and and I think that, you know, this isn't going to go away. I mean, it, it's going to be a topic. I think we've all mentioned that earlier in this process. Um, you know, Buckeye fans may not, you know, be worried about it, but I think the rest of the the football universe is going to say, was this the right uh, result? I guess would be the word. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, it's just going to be, it's going to be hanging over there and, and I, it's hard to say when it'll go away. I don't think it goes away all season. Right. Uh, Tony, um, I, uh, I, I saw part, I, most of the Tom Rinaldi interview and I thought Tom Rinaldi did a great job. Uh, yeah. He, you know, he, he, he asked all the right questions, and he didn't let Urban off the hook. Um, and what I, I, struck me most was, and I think Tom did a great job, 
he quoted the report. And the, the thing that's going on now is that Urban now is, is now disputing the official uh, report, the Ohio State report on a lot of these things. And uh, uh, what, were your, what were your impressions of, 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 the, of that interview and just kind of the fallout? Well, I'll I tell you a quick little story. I'm not trying to inject any, any humor into this because there is none. There used to be a, a pro football player by the name of Alex Hawkins. He was a oh, yeah. wild and crazy, called him Captain America and stuff like that. And Alex was known to, to party on a bit. And <laughs> one night he stayed out late, did not walk into the door until the wee hours of the morning. His wife caught him and said, what are you doing? He said, well, honey, you know, I didn't want to disturb you, so I slept. I came in and I slept outside in the hammock because I didn't want to disturb you. And she said, Alex, we took down that hammock six months ago. He said, yes, darling, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Okay. And that's, that's what's happening with Urban, is that he, the, the lawyers from Ohio State have crafted their story, and that's that, that Urban did not have that. He was not aware directly of any domestic violence. Uh, and, you know, remember, kept saying, I only know what the experts tell me. And have to believe that that his wife, despite her text messages to Courtney Smith, never mentioned it. That's what you have to believe if you're going to stick with that story. Yeah, Herb's not going to go away, but it's not, guys. It's not. It's not going to matter because he's as long as he's winning football games, he's going to be the coach, and that's all the way through the national championship game. People are going to ask all the questions, and the answers are not going to change. Right. The sure. answer yeah. The narrative has been crafted by update, just and it's not changed. Jer- uh, Jersey guy, let me bring you in on this. Uh, he, Tony's right; it's not going to change. He, he, you know, Ohio State is is loaded and looking to make a run this year. But I think it really bothers Urban that his reputation, his legacy, is damaged and tainted. Um, and I don't think that's going away. And I do think that really bothers bothers him, and that's why he's talking so much. He's he's trying well, I, to. Play. I think it does, Duke. I mean, but but here's the thing. I mean, I think if, if if anyone has any sense, even if his wife talks to him this week, he addressed it last week because it was his first game back. Okay, now they're now they're gonna now they're gonna play you know, Tulane. That should be an easy game. I think from from now on, any questions about that, Urban Meyer should say. Fellas, I addressed it. It's over with. Let's move on. And everyone will accept that. Some people will ask, and you can't argue with it because it's been beaten to death. But you're right. I don't know if it was ego or or or, or will let him do that. But I, I think, maybe, and maybe it's more of a hope, uh, wish than anything else, that this will die down until we get into the postseason, and then it'll come up again because there'll be a review of, of all, all all the whole season and all about the Herbert Meyer story. But I, I hope for this week, and it's especially against Penn State. If anyone has, is asking uh, stories about, about about that, you know, before the Penn State game, there's something <coughs> wrong on both sides. Yeah, well, yeah. but the the other part of it, I think, is that there are always going to be new twists to the to the narrative. I mean, you, you don't know where they're going to come from, but there there is always going to be some sort of little, you know tidbit that advances this it's it's not going to be the same question and i think it's just going to be there because i think that overall the football pop you know watching population knows that this is there's something wrong about you know there's something unsatisfying about 
the punishment and, and, and the results, you know, the whole, the whole thing is, it makes people a little squeamish unless you're like total diehard Buckeye fan. And I think that's, that's just going to be here. Oh, I agree with you, Herb, but, but, but he, Urban can squash it. He can say, I, I answered those questions. I'm not talking about it. And then you, you got to move on. I understand. Yeah, but but there, if there's a new angle, you know, I hesitate to, to say specifics because I don't know what it is. But something new comes out of, you know, the, the police report, how the police report was handled, uh, you know, more verification of what actually took place between Urban and his wife. There's going to be a new nugget out there that's going to, it's not going to be the same old question. Well, I, I, again, I, I, my response will be, I'm not talking about it. Sorry, that's it. Yeah. yeah but I don't know that I'll, you might be right. I, and you know what? Once, once, once they play Penn State, if they win that game, it's going right. to be all about, all about football. And then, yes, when the playoffs start, then everybody's recap it. So, yeah. yeah. Ohio State has decided they're going to take whatever comes or get through this. I, I, I agree, unless there's some new revelation that we don't know about. Some people will bring it up, but you'll reach a point of critical mass where we won't bring it up. Right. Well, we, we talk all, about, all the time about damage control and programs, and I think Ohio State finally got it right after not getting it right for a couple of weeks, but they did – they, they, you know, they, they brought Urban out this week and basically let him talk. I mean, opened him up to more than hours of questioning. Uh, and so that's the best way to do it. it. It exhausts every possible question until we get to the end of the year. Then, like you said, whoever said it, it'll come back on a, on a national platform in the college football playoff because then you'll get the Wall Street Journal coming in and Atlantic Monthly and, you know, all these other kind of uh, one-offs that'll come in and try to revisit the story. But... Until you know, as long as they keep winning, then they, they can kind of control the, uh, the the narrative. I think a little bit. Uh, let's move on. Uh, we've talked enough about Urban Meyer. I think we'll all agree. Let's get, but we'll stay. We'll stay with with her. Uh, the Big Ten. Wow, uh, you know, making a lot of news. The, the West Division last week, Herb. Um, you, you know, the the the, the Pac twelve South or the Pac twelve in general was only happy that the Big Ten West may have had a, better, a, a worse week. Um, coming off such a great bowl season, it, what happened and what's going on here? Well, you know, I, I think that part of it is just that, you know, we built them up so high, and I was certainly in there. Tony and I were having that little discussion about the best division in the, in the nation. Um, I think that's part of it. I think we're seeing some of the flaws in the teams in Wisconsin – doesn't have the defensive depth that they, uh, you know, traditionally have had. And, and they might have been doing some sleepwalking, too. You know, they had Iowa coming a week uh, after that BYU game. I think, you know, everybody's just sort of overrated. And, and then we're not, you know, we're not looking at, at the whole picture. I mean, Northwestern has had, you know, they had two of their tackles. Their offensive tackles are out, and, and they don't have that kind of depth. Plus, their quarterback is on a, on a pitch count coming off a big ACL injury. And they traditionally have started slow for, you know, you know a, a myriad reasons. I mean, you go down the list. And then, of course, you know, places like Nebraska. Nebraska is a rebuild. There's, there's, there shouldn't have been a whole big expectation there. And people who know know that Troy State is a real quality opponent. 
Yeah. Um, and, and Purdue's had some growing pains. I mean, they they just haven't you know gotten their act together. They made some real stupid plays at times. You know, you you can go down that list, and you know each category is different, but uh, each team is different. But but in the end, it's all the same. That they're just not playing very well. Uh, Tony, okay. Tony, just talk a little bit about about Nick's record against his former assistants with Jimbo coming into town this week. Well, it, it stands now at 12-0. and 0. You know, last year, uh, national championship game, Kirby Smart loses to him in overtime. Uh, and so now, it, it, over, the, over the years, there have been guys like Derek Dooley, Jim McElwain, Mark D'Antonio, on and on. None of them have ever been able to beat. And everything now, there, there are four saving pupils in the SEC right now. Kirby Smart, Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee, Will Muschamp, uh, South Carolina, and, of course, Texas A&M. Well, every year, Saban's going to play two of those guys. He's going to play Texas A&M uh, and Jimbo Fisher, and he's going to play Tennessee and Jeremy Pruitt. So we're going to have at least two of these every year. And now with Georgia and Kirby Smart building something special, we're going to see more than one Alabama-Georgia game. So this, this is we're going to be talking about this storyline a lot over the next few yeah, uh, it's uh, you know not not surprisingly that division other than Arkansas and uh, maybe Ole, maybe Ole Miss, uh, you know that's that's locked and loaded division there. Jersey guy, you wrote a bit. Uh, I think this is a pretty interesting subject, and it kind of tends to get ignored. The Big Twelve Conference. Now that you know this was a this was a conference that was. Nearly destroyed and and had and it had to fold its tent a few years ago. Uh, all the defections, the Pac-12 trying to raid it, the the, uh, the uh, Big Big Ten raiding Nebraska and uh, all sorts of uh, other moves. Texas A&M and Missouri. Big Twelve looks like a pretty good conference this year. Yeah, maybe it's maybe it's it's like what we talked about before. Maybe it's the the, the rest of the leagues are coming back a little bit, like the Big Ten, the Big Ten uh, West. Is, I mean, East is, is is having a is having some problems too, and the Big Ten West and the, uh, the SEC is still the SEC, and the Pac-12 as well, Pac-12. But but uh, Oklahoma has, has been there for most consistent team. Obviously, they've been there almost every year as a contender. But you, you Oklahoma see the game that drew my attention was Oklahoma State taking apart what I thought was a pretty good boys. Yeah, State I, did, I did too. I mean that that drew raised a lot of eyebrows around the country. Not only is Boise State that good, uh, that bad, but how good is Oklahoma State? Then you throw then you throw in you know TCU is not a bad team. They played T- Ohio State pretty dead even except for about three minutes in the third quarter. Um, Texas, who knows about Texas? You know, and so that's 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 three, four good quality teams out of ten, and that's a pretty good percentage. Now, what they have to do is, is get to, the the problem they have is is that that league schedule where they're instead of having a championship game of two divisions, they might have uh, the first and second place finishes have to play each other. And this year, you could have West Virginia and Oklahoma, who are the two leading contenders, I guess, right now, playing could play back to back. And that's yeah. not going to do anybody any good for the, for the Big 12. Yeah, that's, that's uh, you know, we had that in a, in a lesser uh, degree last year with, with Boise and Fresno had to play back-to-back weeks. That was just not, that was not a good look. And you, you got to try to avoid that whenever, you know, that's, I guess that's, Herb, that's why the Big 10 had to, to realign those divisions, right? I mean, because they didn't want <laughs> Ohio State and Michigan 
uh, we're playing yeah, in the same division. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly right. I mean, the, the thought process initially when, when they split the divisions, they, they separated Michigan and Ohio State. And that was a, that was a concern, although it didn't materialize. But but yeah, I think that's the case for keeping you know traditional powers in in the same division. I mean, you would you know same deal as with the Iron Bowl and, and the SEC. You don't you don't want rematches, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, and Herb, let's stick with you. Uh, I, I talk a little bit about about Notre Dame. This might be the the, the least interesting top 10 Notre Dame team that I can remember in a long time. The, the 2012 team, uh, you know, what proved to be, an, you know, they, they got exposed against Alabama in the championship game, but that was an interesting team. I mean, they played, they played just hair raisers all, all year. Uh, but what, what do you make of Notre Dame? You know, they're, they're sitting right there. Um, they got the schedule. Well, you know, they, they are. And then, you know, the other part you have to remember is they, they, we built up that Michigan opener, and they came out and they really punched Michigan in the mouth. They were up 14 to nothing on their first two possessions. And, and if you look at it, really, since then, they've been, you know, good enough to win, but they haven't really dazzled. And, and I think that's going to kind of be their M.O. They have a good defense uh, that's going to keep them in games. Um their kicking game is, is pretty decent. The offense is kind of a, of a you know, still a mishmash uh, for good reason. I mean, they, they lost two linemen to top 10 NFL draft picks. Uh, they're still waiting to get Dexter Williams, who's likely to be their best back uh, on the field. He had a four-game suspension to start the season, so he won't be back until uh, Stanford. And, um, you know, they're... they're and then Wimbush, I'm not totally sold on him. I mean, he's obviously mobile and he has a good arm, but you know, it's the old separator for quarterbacks. How well do you see the field? You know, he's got some terrific receivers, so you don't really know where it's going to go. I think this week going to Wake Forest, that's a sneaky hard game for them, especially with everybody talking about Stanford, which is obviously a big marquee game. And then the week after that, they're going to go to Virginia Tech. I mean, they're three and zero, but you know they could, if they, if they don't take care of business, they could easily be four and two, or even three and three. Yeah, man, that, that that's a good point. Um, but we'll know we we'll know in the next few weeks what you know whether Notre Dame is going to be a factor uh, going down the stretch. I, I you know, the one thing that I thought was interesting, and, and I wrote this in in the, the Notre Dame piece this week, is that Kelly is really staunchly defending these guys. And he doesn't always do that. You know, sometimes he'll he'll nitpick them and, and, and kind of pass the blame off. But he's really he's really rallying behind his guys. And that tells me that he likes their character. And and if their character is good, you know, the talent might not be a perfect fit, but but there's enough talent at Notre Dame. And if they you know, if they get if they get, you know, psyched up the way they did for the beginning of that Michigan game. I mean, you just you really don't know. It's interesting. And yet you're right. Doof. I mean, it, it's sort of it's it's just a, a team that doesn't have an identity yet. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's just it, you can't say they're being ignored because they're winning and there are you know I don't know where they're ranked, but they're you know they're top ten. If they and if they win their schedule, you know somebody's in, you know some conference champions in trouble. I think we all know that. But uh, uh, you know, it's it's just. You're right. They kind of just muddle their way through, and they were lucky to, to, to escape Vanderbilt at home last week. 
Um, you know, the, the other interesting part about Notre Dame, and I pointed this out, is that these next three games are especially important because the, the opponents that looked like they were going to be, you know, the most imposing haven't gotten out of the gates well. I mean, you look at USC and uh, Northwestern, you know, those are teams that looked a lot tougher before games started being played. So if they can get their act together and, and, and be unbeaten at the midpoint, they're going to have a lot of momentum, and, and the schedule doesn't look as formidable as it did. Yeah, that, great. Go ahead, Tony. That, that's why they've got to go. That's why they've got to go twelve and up. Okay. Yeah. Twelve and up. What looked like what looked like an incredibly difficult schedule is not panning panning out that way. So they they don't. This just it's just me talking. That to me they don't get in at eleven and one. They just don't. No, that's right. The other one, USC and Florida State, was the one that I I couldn't. Had on the tip of my tongue. You know, those, those are two teams that, you know, going into the year, you thought were going to be a lot better than they are. Well, Tony, what's what's the one? Tell me what the one is. Well, I, I, at this point, I, didn't, I don't think it matters who the one. I mean, the one could be Stanford. The one could be I – I don't think it matters who the one is. because Virginia fact, Tech, I think. Yeah, the, the one would probably be Virginia Tech. Uh, but I, I, for Notre Dame, it really, really doesn't matter who the one is. They're, they're just not going to get in playing only 12 games and, and losing one of them. Well, especially now, if, if, if all, you know, if, if, if all those teams were good as we thought they were going to be, you know, Florida State, USC, if they were all ranked teams, maybe we could have a discussion about them getting in at 11-1. But the schedule as we're looking at it right now, I, I don't see it. And the later it gets, the, the more devastating the loss will be. I think, I think Notre Dame could have suffered a, a loss to Michigan if Michigan turned out to be pretty good and then won 11 in a row. But now we've reached the point, like Tony's right, any loss they have, there's not enough juice at the end of the schedule to overcome that, I think. Well, yeah, that's, this, this is the thing we, that gets overlooked in all, in all these scenarios that we play out. I mean, look, we're talking about Notre Dame getting hurt by playing Michigan, USC, and Florida State. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're you are so dependent on on how your opponents that season are faring, and you know it has no reflection on how on on your your scheduling process. This committee says we'll play somebody. Well, we did play. We scheduled three of the top programs in the history of college football, and if they're not very good, we get hurt. Um, but you're right, and I think you know I think Michigan might end up being pretty good. Uh, uh, USC, we don't know. They they started one and three uh, two years ago and, and bounced back, but uh, they got more issues than that. But yeah, it's it's so dependent on how your opponent does. It's and Notre Dame needs Stanford uh, to beat Oregon in Oregon this week, and and they need USC uh, to to you know to to turn things around. So uh, so USC looks better when they play, and that's it, kind of a facet that gets overlooked. I think it's. We talk about the cupcakes, so Washington scheduled Rutgers, and no, it's sometimes it's these other other games that look good on paper. Well, and, and that that's the flip side of being an independent, of not being in a conference. You don't you don't have you don't have thing to fall back on. It's it's all about what your opponents are doing, and if they're not doing well, you don't you don't have a conference championship to uh, fall back on. Yeah, yeah. No, they well, never have to apologize for its schedule. That's the one thing that they've always, they've always played yeah. you know, these teams. So that's still go from them. People, a lot of people still have a well, perception until they see the realities that USC and Florida State are powers until they actually see them on the field. Yeah, but Notre Dame will yeah, get and Notre Dame, it'll be interesting to see if, you know, Notre Dame traditionally has had that little extra 
cachet. I mean, I remember when, when I was covering Notre Dame years ago, they lost their opener and moved into the top 25 <laughs> with a 0-1. Tony, Tony, do you think a two-loss SEC West team that does, you know, doesn't win that the division beats a one-loss Notre Dame team in the, in, in the, in the playoff scenario? Uh, it, it, you're talking about a two-loss team that does not get into the SEC championship game? Correct. Yeah, that, that's going to be really close. Depends on who it is. Alabama. Is it, is it Auburn? Yes, I'll say Auburn. If, it, if, it, if it's Auburn and the only losses they've got are to one point to LSU yes, and yeah, three points to Alabama, yeah. I think you could make a pretty strong case. With a win with a win over Washington, which we'll presume Washington goes on. Uh, Correct. Yeah. And a win over Georgia too, right? And a win, probably a win over Georgia. Yeah, that's 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 a tough one. And boy, you want to see your Irish nation uh, get up? Uh, what if what if Notre Dame had lost uh, you know on a field goal to Virginia Tech or or something? Like that? That's going to be a you know that would be a interesting call. But uh, you're right. Well, um, you, you can make a case right now that three of the top four teams in the nation are from the SEC. I mean, if you, I mean, what LSU has done, I mean, if they had started a little higher in perception, they would be, they could be in the top four. They are in, in, in some voters' minds. I mean, I don't know how it could stay that way at the end they of the can. season, but yeah. if you're talking about just quality of team, uh, that's one tough conference you got there, Tony. But somebody's going to lose two games. I mean, somebody's going to lose two games. Yeah. Well, that's, well, that's true. I'll play each other. Yeah. Okay. Right. So now you're talking about, uh, you know, the thing is they've they've held up, and Auburn has. They like said Auburn. Look at the the quality wins, and LSU's got uh, a big a quality win over Miami. Well, maybe. And I mean, who knows what that win looks like? But yeah, it's it's an interesting subject. Um, you mentioned USC earlier, and uh, and I continue to be. And and we know this to be true. So so goes USC, goes the reputation of the conference. Um, and what you know, what we saw against Texas last last weekend, and what USC has done in big marquee games the last three years, uh, Alabama, uh, Ohio State, uh, and now Texas. I mean, that's. Would you agree that that's when people watch that game that they they say, well, there's the Pac-12 for you right there. If USC's not good. Uh, it, ref, it it kind of reflects on on the conference. And I don't know, you know, anybody anybody disagree with that? No, I, I you know the thing that, that caught my eye when we you're talking about TCU Ohio State that that game had like an extra gear compared right. to USC Texas. Yeah. You know that they were. That's why I'll be interested to see how this TCU-Texas game plays out because I, I didn't think USC and Texas, although, you know, that's great names and, and, and it's got a, a beautiful uh, kind of a marquee time slot, I, I didn't think that, the, you know, I'm still not convinced that either of those teams are really, you know, who we think they are, as Dennis used to tell us. Yeah. Well, Deuce, the, the, the example is this week. you got Stanford playing Oregon, which is, would excite a lot of people, and, you know, with, the, with those teams, but, but no one's even talking about it. Well, it, no, no, that, that, well, that's not true. <coughs> I think game day is going to uh, Eugene. Um, but, look, you know, look, st- those, this is the problem with the league. 
Oregon yeah. hasn't played anybody. They have a joke non-conference, so no one takes them seriously. Stanford is, I think Stanford's pretty good this year, but there's nothing. You know, Bryce Love has not didn't play last week. Uh, he's not he he has not off to a Heisman start. There's nothing that interesting about. It. There's never been anything that interesting about Stanford. Their fans don't show up, so there's no real passion base. Um, but this is the this is the best that we can do now. And that's why I mentioned if USC is not good, uh, then the whole co- the whole conference flags because everything else everything else has holes in it. Um, and you know, and and, and and their stories become. And I'll get into this briefly, and then we'll start to wrap it up. But what's going on at UCLA now? Not not only is Chip Kelly zero and three, he's got the the quarterback's dad snipping at him on 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 Twitter. And this is a kind of a product of the of the times we live in. But that is never a good sign. And how how should the uh, uh, worried should we be, or any program be when a a a player's parent starts tweeting. Um, <laughs> is, is, is this a, is this a, Tony? Is this a bad sign for a, for a head well, coach? It, it's a bad sign, but I th- I, I, I think uh, Chip probably handled as well as you, but but you, as best you could, just saying you know what everybody's got their own opinion, but you don't need we we got too many parents playing like their agents. Well, <laughs> right. <laughs> we well, don't. Uh, we don't need, we don't need that. I'm, I'm sure the player is embarrassed beyond measure. Right, uh, but I mean, but I think I think Chip handled as as best he can. Hey, they're they're just not very good. Okay, they're, they're just not very good, and I think I think they will eventually be good. They just aren't good now. Coach coaching transitions. There's always two things. One of two things or two both things going on. One is a lack of talent. The other guy didn't leave with much talent, and the other one is that the the players haven't bought into the new guy, and are they're still waiting to buy in. Absolutely, and it, it could get real. Look at Arkansas. Arkansas is a disaster. Look at Florida State. Florida State is a disaster. Yep. And I, it's more. It is a combination of players and guys not buying in. And, and Do you think there's a lack of talent in Florida State, Tony? What's that? You think there's a lack of talent in Florida State this year? No, I, I don't think it's a lack of talent. Okay. It, I'm saying one one of those two or both. And okay. Florida State, it's not talent. Right. Yeah, you could you could even add a, a third. I would even add a, a third category. If you have a bad fit, you know, you get a guy who wants to run option and he's got yeah. a bunch of pro-style linemen and quarterback. Uh, and, and, you know, there can be an element of that. But, yeah, there, there, there's a reason they change coaches, and, and it's it's not good. <laughs> yeah, and plus when you throw when you throw true freshman quarterback into that mix, and and I, and I will say this, and I'm you know I'm old school on this. Uh, it's going to be proven wrong, and obviously Alabama won with a true freshman last year, and Georgia had a, a true freshman, uh, but it's normally not going to work. And USC and UCLA are both playing first year freshmen. If you don't have the supporting cast, now I think you can throw a true freshman into Georgia and into Alabama. And, and, and with those coaches, and, and you'll be okay. But if you don't have the supporting cast, it, it, you know, you'll get what you, we got. And it's, it's, it's not pretty, and it hurts the quarterback, too, I think. Well, Tony Duke will back me up on this one. I mean, uh, Tony will back me up on this one. They're SEC freshmen, though. They're different. <laughs> well, you know, a lot, of, a lot of them come from California, too, you know. Or, you well, know. <laughs> well, the thing is, Jake Fromm, 
is a great, great player and was a great player as a freshman last year. You guys saw what Tua did, and all Tua has done is pick up, pick up where he left off in the national championship game, and he's been out of sight. The, the, most of these quarterbacks now, particularly the ones that, that, that play in the South, have been to seven-on-seven seven camps, quarterback camps. They are much more prepared now than they were just 10 years ago. And That's true. They're ready, they're ready. And on a maturity level, they're much more ready to handle than they were about 10 years ago. That's true. But this, this kid from USC, JT Daniels, played on maybe the greatest high school team ever assembled at modern day last year. They were 15 and 0. Uh, you know, and, and I, you know, I've heard cat miss too many times. Uh, but I, you know, and you put JT Daniels into Georgia's, uh, huddle or Alabama's and they're lights out too, but you have yep. to, have, you have to have the infrastructure and it has to be the right situation or else, you know, they're going to, they're going to play like freshmen sometimes. Um, but you know, it's just, it's part of the, it's part of the new game now. And, and these guys, uh, need to play right now. They're, you know, JT Daniels graduated high school, uh, uh, three in three years to get to USC. He didn't come there not to play. Um, and so, you know, you know, there was some sort of deal there, uh, and that's just the way it is, but it, it can sometimes backfire if you're not careful. Let's, let's move on. We've, uh, we're, we're, we got a goofy, we got a goofy weekend. There's a lot of weird matchups. Uh, Herb, are you looking, what, what are you looking at? I mean, you got, uh, Nebraska at Michigan, which sounded like it could be an interesting game, but I don't know. It's, uh, no, that I don't, you know, it's just Scott Frost gets a pass from people who aren't, you know, go big reds. You know, it's just going to be a tough year there. I think that the game that, that, that is really going to catch your eye in, in the Big Ten is Wisconsin at Iowa. Uh, you know, that Iowa has just got a tremendous record of knocking off top ten teams. In, and, and, you know, just, well, they did last year. They put up 55 on Ohio State. Uh, so, you know, that and, and the other part about that is that if Iowa wins that game, their schedule sets up pretty nicely for them. And even if Wisconsin wins, they've got, you know, they've got some tough things down the road. But I just want to see how Wisconsin plays coming off of that BYU game. Um, you know, that's one. You know, Michigan State, which is not, you know, which is off to a bad start, is going to go down to Indiana, which is off to a good start. You know, that, that's mildly interesting. Um, those are the two that, that catch yeah. my eye the most. And in the non-conference uh, Blau's Boston College lads are going to Purdue, and I, I, you know, we haven't seen enough from Purdue that tells us that they're going to make that a game. And yet, we would have we would have thought that was going to be a game uh, before the season started. Uh, Jersey guy, you got uh, uh, yeah, it's a weird weird games. What anything uh, interests you out there? This well, week? I heard mentioned that uh, I'm intrigued by the Purdue BC game because. Now I've seen both. I've seen. I watched all three games of both teams, and and BC is is decent, but they they played. They didn't play anybody of, of the substance. Purdue, I mean, they they were competitive in, in in most of those games. I mean, so so. But what stuns me is BC is a seven point favorite on the road against Purdue, which has got my nose twitching. I I, I don't think by BC yet. Deal with it. BC's good. When are you going to admit it? Uh, well, I want to. I want to find out. I'm. Not, I'm not buying. It. I'm not buying the product yet. Sorry. All right, to, Tony. I got. I got a couple games to throw at you. Uh, and, and we. We. We always. We. We're. You know. Ed Orgeron. We. We. We got to give it to. We. But every time we say we got to give it to him, you say, "Well, they play La Tech 
Uh, everybody remembers what the Troy game last year. Is, is this a different LSU team? Are they not going to succumb to all their press clippings? And uh, are they going to take care of business this week? Go, go Tigers. <laughs> the Tigers. Oh, I'm going to hide. Hey there. Go Tigers. Hey there. It, it is, I've got to give them credit for going into, Auburn had won something like 18 straight at home, something like that. Hadn't lost there in a couple of years. And they hung in there and hung in there. And the quarterback, Joe Burrow, the kid from transferred from Ohio State, didn't have great numbers, but he made the throws. So I, I was very impressed with LSU did. I think they'll be fine on Saturday. But And now their schedule, if you look at it, all the tough games, with the exception of Texas A&M, all the tough games are at home. Ole Miss, Georgia, Mississippi State, Alabama, all in Tiger Stadium. So that's going to be that's going to be interesting to watch. But they they take care of business against Louisiana Tech. Yeah, they should. And Clemson's at Georgia Tech. Is that right? This week, Clemson, Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech's. Yeah, they 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 they've come so close, but they've lost tight games to South Florida and uh, Pittsburgh the last two weeks. And Paul Johnson has kept a bunch of heat here. What the, the you know his, his triple option, which he you know kind of was a. Uh, you know, kind of the end thing a, a few years ago. Is, is it lost its luster? Is it just, is that era over uh, where he's going to win big with that? At, at, at no, I mean, no, if, if it's if it run well, it's a, it's a thing of beauty. Uh, they've got a quarterback in Taekwon Marshall who can do it pretty well, but they lost their their main running back to uh, injury. Uh, but people, it, it's like anything else, people get tired of it. It, it, it still works when it's run well. But uh, their problem has been turnovers. Yeah. And they get turnovers at the worst possible time. Right. Um, what, about, what about Northern Illinois at, at Florida State? <laughs> I, I, that one caught my eye. for a, and, it should, and it should not have caught my eye. But it did. I'm wondering now. Uh, every time the Seminoles take well, the field. Well, I, I was at their last meeting. I covered it when uh, they met in the Orange Bowl. Uh, yeah, the week before Notre Dame got clobbered by uh, Alabama, you know, Northern Illinois is—they're a nice program. I mean, I don't know that they're nice enough to do this, but but you know, they they kind of you know they played some some real quality opponents already, uh, you know, and and they were in those they got they ended up getting clobbered in the second half against Iowa, but they were in there. It was three to nothing at the half. And uh, they hung around with Utah for a good long they time. Did. They did. So I don't know. You know, I mean, Florida State is, uh, you know, they're not the powerhouse they were when they met in the Orange Bowl. So, you know, I, I wouldn't write off Northern Illinois too quickly. Well, if Samford, if Samford can hang with Florida State, then I, I, would, I would think the, uh, you know, Northern Illinois can. Uh, all right. Well, we got, you know, I see we mentioned out here we got, uh, well, USC is playing Washington State on a Friday night. Uh, it could be interesting uh, for a lot of reasons. Stanford at Oregon, huge game. Somebody's going to get take a loss. And the other, here's a, I'm going to throw this at you at the end. Arizona State is at Washington. Now that sounds like not a big deal, except for the fact that Arizona State has won 11 of the last 12 meetings against Washington. That's impossible. How does I mean? You know, that, that can't be true, but it is. So uh, watch out there. Anybody else got anything else? What am I missing? Have I missed anything? Have we not not touched anything? The uh, the best the best game on the board in the SEC best game is Mississippi State at Kentucky. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Both, both undefeated. Both 
or, uh, you know, Kentucky got the big win at Florida a couple of weeks ago. Mississippi State has looked good under Joe Moorhead. That's that's one of those, you know, 50-50 games that you got a chance. I think that will be the best game Saturday. Tony, you, you, met, you mentioned the game that caught my eye, just not, not because of who I think is going to win, but Alabama 27 points over A&M, and you, you yes, said there's no doubt in your mind that Alabama will cover. Oh, that's, they'll that's, cover. They're yeah. going to cover. Hey, Gal- Listen, Alabama last week became only the first became the first team in SEC history that goes back to 1933, the first team in SEC history to score 50 or more points in each of their first three games. That never happened before, and Alabama has done it. Uh, yeah, they they gave up a long touchdown pass on the first play against <laughs> Ole Miss, and then Ole Miss with all those great wide receivers in court, they didn't get another point. Yeah. And, and how many how many points could about could Alabama have scored in those three games? Well, I told I told Blau that the the over and under was seventy one last week. Alabama could have gotten seventy one themselves. That's, Nick could have scored as many points as he wanted to. That, but that's the danger. And we talked about betting Alabama in in the over and under because they'll that that was an under, right? They didn't. They, 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 yeah, it was under. It was. Thank you. Well, I, I, I took the over, and and I I stand by that pick. That's why I'm not a big over under guy. I mean, <laughs> how they you know they just shut it down like Tony right. said. Right. Well, that's what they well, can. We thought Ole Miss would get at least fourteen to twenty one. We we okay. I, I know, but we we said that that Nick Saban would decide the score of that game, and that's that's the problem with with well, with betting Alabama. The the thing that's interesting to me about A and M being a four touchdown underdog at Alabama is. Didn't they play Clemson head to head? Admittedly, it was at that's, home, that's but that, that's a, that's incredible that you know they that that tells you what kind of a gap you're talking about between Clemson and Alabama. Even if you factor in the the home road part, yeah, well, yeah. But here's the thing: the, the line started at 26 and then it went up <laughs> <laughs> to 27. You, usually, what happens the line the line is set on Alabama. All the Alabama money comes in, and they have to lower the line to, to balance up the money. Or increase the yeah, it, yeah. It, it, unbelievable. Yeah, I don't think I don't see anybody. I I just don't see it. Uh, maybe maybe LSU, right, Tony? I mean, I think you know if L, LSU looks like a big physical uh, team and that maybe it can stand up to Alabama a little bit, but that's that's I don't know. I, I just well, games in Baton Rouge, and I promise you, it's going to be in prime time. So that'll be fun. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Another good week, and uh, we'll be back next week with another edition. Uh, Until then, adios.